Former President Bill Clinton recently had a visit with Pope Francis and notably George Soros' son, Alexander Soros. We're going to talk more about that connection, what it means. And of course, I want to begin by saying just because you meet with someone or have your photo with someone doesn't mean that you endorse everything. So it's not a strict guilty by association, but it does fill in the gaps. It is an act of non-verba, as we talk about here on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, of who the Pope associates, who gets FaceTime with the Pope, and who does not get FaceTime with the Pope. This has become a sign, a sign of the times with Pope Francis. We're going to watch the video here in just a minute with Pope Francis and, and Bill Clinton. And then I'm going to also show you Soros Jr., give you some background on who, on who Soros Jr. is. And I'm going to give you some updates on uh, what's been going on with Archbishop Fernandez, Synod of Synodality coming up in October, etc. So let's get started. I'm going to show you this clip here. And this is the meeting of Bill Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, who's a Baptist, He's got that Baptist action going. Doesn't like the baptism of babies. Southern Baptist. Here he is with Pope Francis. Thank you very much, Pope Francis. Thank you. Okay, that there's Soros Jr. Good evening, everyone. Sit down, please. A little sit down here. Some gifts, exchanging some gifts. It'd be really good if Cardinal Burke could get in here and get a gift. This is a work made here, and it symbolizes the work for peace. Yes, that's for you. Work of peace. This is the little tray with the symbol of the United States. All right, so there it is. So the big question for me is what is Bill Clinton doing globetrotting, traveling the world with George Soros's son? There he is right there. There's George Soros. Very uh, important financial, political, and we could say influencer on planet Earth. Uh, he funds so much of the political activity all over the world. United States, especially Canada, major investments in Canada, United Kingdom, continental Europe, and of course, more and more increasingly, these billionaires are focusing on third world countries. So Bill Clinton is traveling with the young Soros. And I wanted to, to share some, some facts on Soros and what he's all about. So Alexander Soros, he is the son of billionaire George Soros and Susan Weber Soros. He was raised in New York. He went to NYU and he has a PhD in history from Berkeley. He manages the Soros family 
Foundation, which distributes around $1.5 billion with the B every year to advance human rights and democratic governments, as well as charities that are aligned with liberal left-wing American policies. He's also established himself as a philanthropist in his first major contribution to the Jewish Funds for Justice. He's also involved with Ben the Ark, which was a merger of the Progressive Jewish Alliance and the Jewish Funds for Justice, which happened in 2012. He also was a donator to the Jewish Council of Education and Research and was a major supporter of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, etc. Now, his political interests are aligned with that of his father. The interesting thing is, as I read about him, is he seems to be more religious than George Soros. George Soros is kind of more far-left secular. What I saw in Alexander Soros is that he's far-left, but he's interested in God with relationship to rabbinical Judaism. And he's contributed an essay in a book with the title, God, Faith, and Identity from the Ashes, Reflection on uh, Reflections of Children and Grandchildren of Holocaust Survivors. So I haven't read this book, but it has the words God and faith in the title. Now, if you watch the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, you know, I'm not generally impressed or encouraged when people just say generically God, faith, inner power, etc. The context, the, the focus needs to be on Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Mashiach, the fulfillment of the old law, right? That's a very key element here. Now, the questions that come up here are, first of all, why is Bill Clinton traveling with Soros? Here's the clip. See if I can still have the clip live for you here. Here we go. Why, why is he traveling with Soros, and why are there Vatican meetings with Clinton and Soros? What is the purpose. And then why is it that people like Frank Pavone, Bishop Strickland, Vigano, Cardinal Burke, you know, the names, they don't really have an open door. You know, we see photos of James Martin over the Pope. We don't ever have an open door. I'd like to, I even said last week, I would love to come to Rome, have a sit down with Archbishop Fernandez, the new director the new prefect for the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. That would be great. I don't think I'm going to get an invite. I'm not a Soros. I'm not a Clinton. I'm not a James Martin. I'm a traditional Catholic, and traditional Catholics are naughty, naughty boys over there in the Vatican. Unwanted. Kicked out. And then the next question is, if we got a Bill Clinton-Soros connection, what is that connection 
with the Vatican. Did Bill Clinton and Alexander Soros, George Soros' son, were they just sort of kicking it in the French Riviera and like, you know what we should do? It'd be really cool. Me as a Baptist, right? I'm a Baptist. You're a progressive Jew. What would be a more fun thing to do than to go hang out and meet with the Pope? Really? I mean, is that really at the top of the agenda for a Southern Baptist Democrat ex-president and the son of George Soros, Alexander Soros? You know, like they're having some cocktails at dinner one night in London. They're like, you know, we should bounce out of here and hit Rome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We could do that. What do you want to do? First things first, we're going to go kick it with the Pope. I agree. That's going to be fun. What's the purpose behind a very, 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 very powerful ex-president? The most powerful ex-president alive right now, who probably knows the most and where the most skeletons are, is Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton or, or, or Barack. I think Bill Clinton. I think Bill Clinton and his history and his ties to left-wing political movements, people, structures, islands, is Bill Clinton. I mean, he, he has the strongest, the most powerful claim on those structures. He really, you could say, he's one of the very first protégés of the Soros era, the Clinton-Soros era. So the fact that Bill Clinton is sort of being the, the travel uncle to Alexander Soros doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that they would randomly go with the Pope, and I don't think that's a random. All right, I think that was planned. I think something is afoot. Yeah, but Taylor, sometimes Baptists and Jews just like to hang with the Pope. Okay. But I don't think so. I think there's something else going on. And I think as we move into the Synod on Synodality, we're moving into it. October. Right now we're in July. August. September. October. That's how close we are. And the agenda is same-sex blessings. Last week I did a show with Father Juan Razo. And we read the interview transcripts with Archbishop Fernandez. And he says in those transcripts, matrimony is a sacrament. It's sacrosanct. We, are, we cannot change the theology of matrimony, which is between a man and a woman. We're not going to change it. But our understanding of human anthropology, psychology, society, we, we're developing and creating liturgical and theological blessings for people who are two friends, who are same-sex attracted, and who are having relationships. That there could be a blessing for that would not be sacramental matrimony, according to Fernandez, who also wrote, Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of Kissing. For teenagers. Weird. This is the same thing that Bill Clinton and then Barack did in America. Ooh, we don't want we don't want to have we don't want to change marriage. It's not gonna affect 
traditional heterosexual marriage. We are not saying that. That's what the Clintons and the Obamas were saying. No, 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 no. What we're saying is we just want to have legal same-sex blessings, unions, so, you know, they can visit in the hospital and, and have some tax benefits. That's, that's what we're saying here. We're not trying to come in and invade on what Americans and Europeans and Christians have understood holy matrimony. That's not what we're trying to do, but look what happened since they legalized that. Look how fast things unrolled. The same thing that the, the Clinton, Soros, Obama, that whole schedule of events that happened politically in the United States of America, we already have Archbishop Fernandez articulating the exact same playbook in the church on the behalf of Pope Francis, the Lavender Mafia, and everybody involved in the infiltration. By the way, get the book if you haven't read it. This is my number one bestseller on how we got to where we are in the Catholic Church and how we get out of it. Infiltration, the plot to destroy the church from within. If you want signed copies, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. Given the timing of what's about to happen in October, given the disciplinary measures against Bishop Strickland, given the fact that we have Clinton and Soros kicking it with the Pope, I think these are all arrows pointing in a direction. And I would be so happy if all of us pray in our rosary every single day. You got to pray your rosary every day you're not on the team. All of us pray in our rosaries, daily masses, confessions, fasting, penance, not eating meat on Friday, offering these things as oblations to Almighty God through Jesus Christ. If this would affect the miraculous intervention so that none of this would happen. That has to be plan A. So I hope we get to November and say, yeah, remember that Marshall video where we talked about Soros and Clinton and the Senate and Archbishop Fernandez and how they did same-sex unions and that led to this. Man, Marshall was really wrong about that. None of that, none of nothing like that happened at all. I would be thrilled for that to happen. But I'm sitting here in July and I'm looking at how fast things are going, how the agenda of Pope Francis Bergoglio has gone from second gear to third gear to fourth gear, got a fifth gear now. And I just scratched my beard and I'm saying, look at all this. It's, it's obvious to those who have eyes to see. I'm going to take some comments and some questions. I'd love to hear your perspective. Do you think that these data points, that these arrows are pointing in that direction or am I completely off base? If you have a question on something else, I'll be happy to to, to take those questions as well. Let's jump into some of your questions and comments live. We are streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So let's go. Father Altman's recent speech was powerful. You know, it's interesting, just another double standard. You got one priest who was busted for being on Grindr, which is a gay sex app where you have hookups. He's still in good standing. 
I think he even got appointed pastor recently. Altman, he's out. It's just another one of the many double standards currently going on under Francis Bergoglio. Renee, I always like Renee's comments. She says, Bergoglio Francis serves as an inspiration for both the Biden administration and the Soros socialist agenda. They love it. Off record, they love it. I bet they think it's so cool that they got Biden, a devout practicing Catholic, in the Oval Office, too. With, with uh, Joe Biden bringing Hunter Biden to the Vatican for photo ops. You've seen me show those photos as well. Going back into your comments and into your questions. Bishop Strickland is still posting pro-traditional stuff on Twitter. I know. I, I got to meet with Bishop Strickland last Thursday. He is in good spirits. He smiles. He talks about, the thing I noticed about Bishop Strickland is he talks about Jesus Christ. He says, talks about Jesus Christ as if he knows Jesus Christ. You know, for him, it's not just like a job or he says these things as a bishop or, you know, there's the, there's the kind of like USCCB Novus Ordo Bishop speak, which goes a little something like this. All right. Uh, my friends in Christ, we just gather together in this mystery of communion as we offer our open hands and smiles to encounter face to face the profound experience of accompanying one another in the journey of the cross. We are all in the shadow of the cross as we seek to encounter him in the reflection of one another. And, and it reminds me of how the Paschal mystery breaks through into our own time so that our culture is impacted with the reverberations of how we engage one another through that Paschal mystery. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, today as we gather to become church, to celebrate the depths of being in the love of God the Father, we can come together, we can come hand in hand with Alexander Soros and Bill Clinton and George Floyd and Martin Luther King and all of our heroes, we can be in the divine embrace of what it means to be vulnerable, open to the mystery of God's surprise for us each and every day in this life. That right there was me riffing on how 90% of bishops talk. What I said was absolutely nothing. It was zilch. I just made a, I used a bunch of the ecumenical catchphrase words. You basically memorize the ecumenical Novus Ordo post Vatican II catchphrases. There's about 50 to 100 of them. And then you, you it's like a Rubik's Cube. You just, you mix it and you match it and it's just over and over, but it never turns into a, a Rubik's cube where it's red on one side and white and yellow, and it never actually squares out. It's just a constant mumble rap of ecumenical garbage. 
all that being said, when I'm with Bishop Strickland, he talks like a bishop or like an apostle. He talks about Jesus Christ. He talks about who was a believer, you know, what it means to trust in Christ. He talks about like his prayer that morning. Like you get the impression when you're with Bishop Strickland that he believes all this stuff. Like you open the catechism and like he believes this. That's impressive. And I see that he's going strong and I think he has faith and I think he's, he's not afraid and I think he knows he's serving Jesus and we'll see what happens to him. Trent says, super chat. There are so many different rights. Why did Vatican II make the Novus Ordo a separate right? Do they have to exist within the Roman rite? Uh, this is a difficult question. Um, there are many rites in the church which are associated with ecclesial churches, like, for example, the Ukrainian Catholics or the Coptic Catholics. These are Eastern churches, right, that have preserved an ancient patrimony and ancient, ancient liturgy. For example, the Coptics going all the way back to St. Mark who wrote the Gospel of St. Mark. So all of those rites are apostolic. They're beautiful. They're true. They're good. We, they have to be preserved. In the West, we have the Roman rite, which goes back to through St. Gregory the Great, Pope Gelasius, Leo, back to Peter in its most archaic form. The Novus Ordo, though, is a more recent creation. It is a reformulation of the Roman rite, but it's a very radical reformulation with the posture of the priest, with language, with completely rewriting Eucharistic prayers, like Eucharistic prayer two. If you know about the history of that, if you want to learn about it, check out my book, Infiltration. All these things are very radical. So what Pope Benedict XVI did, may God rest his soul, he said, well, the Roman Rite has two forms, the ordinary form, which is the Novus Ordo, and the extraordinary form, which is traditional Latin Mass. Pope Francis has blown that up. That's no longer the case. He wants the Novus Ordo to be the Roman Rite. But it's very difficult to argue that the Novus Ordo is the Roman Rite when, for the first half of the 1900s, the 1800s, 1700s, 1400s, 1100s, 900s, the Roman Rite was very much a unitary set prayer. Did it have developments? Did it have new saints? Yes. But there was nothing as radical that ever happened to the Roman Rite as what happened in 1970. Thanks for your, your super chat, Trent. Appreciate you. Let's take a couple more comments and questions from y'all in the audience. Got people in here from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Debbie says, I need to read Infiltration, awesome book. You got to read it. Everybody here needs to read this book. You're going to understand my podcast so much better because you're going to understand the research, the thesis, right, the background, the historical data of how we as Catholics in 2023 got here. It all started in the 1800s, early 1800s, and I walk you chapter by chapter through those decades, through that history, so check it out. Anybody think that I'm off base with my observation of Fernandez? You know, of course, Pope Francis greeted the artist who did the piss Christ. Here's a picture of that. The artist put a crucifix in his own urine and called it art. Pope Francis met with him and uh, congratulated him. Here's a picture of that. Nope, that's Bill Clinton. Wrong picture. Let's see if I still have it. 
I may have deleted it already because I just, I just can't, just can't stand it. Yeah, it looks like I deleted it. But anyway, he's meeting with these people. Am I off base? Am I seeing things that aren't there? Or do you agree with me? Love to hear your ideas. Here's Angela. She says, not, no, not off base, on target. By the way, stay away from target, the store, right? Saints and scholars, Rome will lose the faith, lost the let. Yeah, I have that whole section and analysis in, in infiltration about Our Lady of Lost Let, especially as regards to apostasy in Rome or from the top down. People are saying fantastic book. Is there going to be a sequel? Yeah, more and more. I mean, think about everything that's happened since infiltration came out. We've had the Pachamamas. We've had synods. We've had all kinds of other scandals that have happened. Uh, more and more of the McCarrick story unraveled since infiltration came out. So we are due for an infiltration part two. I've written notes. Have I written it? No, but I am due. I understand. Going back into your comments and into your questions, more people saying you are not off base, so I'm glad to hear that. People saying agree, etc. So, yeah, uh, um, Ethna, am I saying that right? Ethna uh, mentions a synod in Garabandel before the synod ever existed. Exactly. Well, I mean, synods go back a long time in history. It's a Greek word before Christ been used. But yeah, at Garabandel, there's the discussion of a bad synod, troublesome synod. And it was clarified. You mean Vatican II, though? Not a council, a synod. So perhaps, I don't know, perhaps that's a prophetic foretelling of uh, current events that once were future, now they're current. So it's the important synod at Garabondel. Thaleback uh, says, hit that like. That reminds me, make sure, my friends, that you are subscribed to the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. Over 1,000 followers of this podcast on Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, etc. cetera, uh, over a million subscribers. That's uh, substantial. And I think it reveals that in the synodality process of Pope Francis, let's listen to lay people. Let's hear what people have to say. This is a massive group of people. This is a, ma a wrapped around encountering traditional Catholicism, the count catechism of the Council of Trent, the traditional Latin Mass. By the way, I got to issue another Latin Mass challenge. If you don't go to the Latin Mass and you have access to one, not everybody has access, okay? So I understand that. But if you have access, you know, you got one 30 minutes away or under an hour, go to the traditional Latin Mass four times. The first time you go, you're going to be a little bit confused. Don't try to read a book. Just go there and pray. Be present with the Lord. It'll take you four times. I always say it's kind of like your first sip of wine. You're like, well, why would people want to drink wine? Or you have a, your first sip of a Belgian beer. Like, what is this? But after you've had maybe four, you start to understand the complexity, the flavor profile, the benefits. So go to the traditional Latin mass four times. I've spoken to thousands of you, by the way. Oh, I go around, man, I took your Latin mass challenge. I went four times and I haven't been back. Thank you so much. So I'm issuing it again. 
everybody go check out the traditional Latin mass. All right, if you don't have access to a traditional Latin mass, maybe you want to move. Some people can do that with their jobs. Some people can't. If you're one of those people who can move, I recommend you contact realestateforlife.org, O-R-G, realestateforlife.org. They are people who we agree with. They can help you sell your house anywhere in the world and move to anywhere in the world, chiefly United States, but other places too, Mexico, Canada. They got contacts everywhere. So if you wanted to move to Tyler, Texas, they can help you sell your house in Minnesota and move to Tyler. So I'd encourage you to go to realestateforlife.org and let them know, please, that you heard about it at the Dr. Taylor Marshall Show. Really appreciate it. Also, make sure you get your copy of Infiltration. If you want to support this channel, you go to patreon.com forward slash dr taylor marshall and i'll send you some signed books there's all kinds of cool benefits over there i'll send you i can send you a rosary my book rosary in 50 pages thomas aquinas in 50 pages my book on the antichrist and the apocalypse infiltration all kinds of goodies there to say thank you for supporting my writing my podcast my videos like that and you can do that patreon.com forward slash dr taylor marshall if you want to take online courses with me we are doing summer enrollment right now. We have 10 amazing courses. For example, if you want to become competent, fluent in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, Thomas Aquinas, apologetics, philosophy, church fathers, I have a course, a detailed, easy, fun course like we're doing right now on every single one of those topics that I just named. So if that's interesting to you or you want to learn the Latin Mass in detail, Go to nsti.com and sign up to take online courses with me, nsti.com. That's New St. Thomas Institute. Look forward to seeing you over there. Lots of new people signing up over the summer. Got people home from college, time off from work. They're like, you know what? Let's take some online courses. Let's go deeper in our Catholic faith. Let's become confident as Catholics so we can articulate what we believe. I even have a course on how to explain the faith to Muslims, Jews, Jehovah's Witnesses, Protestants, liberal Catholics, cafeteria Catholics, I guide you through. I basically give you the transcripts on how to have these conversations. It's all available at nsti.com. Sign up this summer, get involved. We will be closing enrollment. So if you want to get your place, this is the perfect time. Sign up as a student at nsti.com with me. I'll be your professor. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Really appreciate everyone. Let's make sure we pray for our church. Let's make sure that we're praying rosaries for Pope Francis, for our bishops, for the outcome of the synodality. Let us storm heaven. Let us ask Our Lady. Let us plead, Kyrie eleison, with Jesus Christ that these horrible possibilities do not come to pass for the sake of our children, our grandchildren, and the future of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Thanks for watching. Please like, please share. Please subscribe. And until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.